You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello everybody, welcome to this week's episode, and uh, I'm joined once again by Nick. Hello Nick. Hi Simon. Yeah, good to be back. It doesn't seem, it only seems like yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) It was actually only Monday, wasn't it? It was Monday, yeah, it was Monday, so not quite a week this time. And we're joined by Jim. Hello Jim. Hello, who is me? (laughs) I'm losing the will with Apple. I'm going to go to the dark side. Oh, no. <laughs> you might regret that, I can assure you. Uh. You might regret that. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, poor Jim has been afflicted by the you-do-not-have-permission-to-open-this-application bug uh, with his Epson scanner, which means at the moment he can't scan anything. Um, and his older um, Hewlett-Packard laser printer is apparently, you know, not showing up. But uh, I've suggested to him he tries Guten Print, um, which supports lots and lots and lots of older printers. And uh, maybe he'll have some joy with that. But there you go. Uh, you can print to the Epson, can't you? You can print, but you can't get the scanner. Yeah, yeah, just print, but no, scan. That's an Apple Apple bug, as they've said. And a Mm. fix is allegedly coming. But no date on that, unfortunately. Well, so there we are. Uh, well, uh, as listeners might have noticed, uh, the last show we recorded on Monday, but I only managed to finally get it out uh, yesterday, I think. Um, or maybe it was Friday. I can't remember now. Um, partly because I had a whole load of, um, you know, personal life stuff going on. Uh, it was my birthday, which was nice. Um uh, and my, my M1 Mac returned uh, on Tuesday, uh, wiped clean yet again. Um, so I had all the joy of, uh, you know, migrating all my stuff back onto that and uh, getting it all set up yet again. Um, I, don't, I don't really understand the, the logic of that. I mean, I, I don't understand the logic of Apple taking it and sort of doing something clever to, to it to get it to work again. Probably, I don't know. Well, I've no idea what they do, but I'm sure they have their own ways. Well, of, I'm pretty sure uh, they probably these... use uh, they probably use one of the multi-device management things where you plug it in and then just re-image the yeah, hard drive. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, but I mean, the fact is, users can't do that. So, Not how easily, is that fixing no. the problem? <laughs> I, I I just don't understand how that's fixing the problem. All it's doing is, um, it's a little bit like. Let me think of an analogy. It's it's a little bit uh, um, like um, uh, taking your car in to have it fixed, and then and, and then washing it and saying, uh, "Well, we can't find anything wrong with it," so <laughs> and giving it your back, and you say, "Well, it's very nice that you've washed it, but you know," and then you're back two days later because it's still broken. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, well, you just need to stop trying to install Microsoft uh, Windows onto it. <laughs> That's probably nope. what it is. Nope. No such things going on here. So, um, 
for those who don't know, my uh, M1 Mac had this thing where I went to turn it on one morning and uh, it, the screen was black and it wouldn't respond to the power button. So I sent it to Apple and they wiped the hard drive and sent it back to me. So I set it all up again and then about a week later it did exactly the same again. And so I sent it away a second time and they've done the same thing again, which is wipe the hard drive and send it back to me. So it you know, took me the best part of a day to get it all set back up again. Um, and now effectively I'm just waiting, you know, with the horrible sensation that, that it's going to happen yet again. Um, and if it does, I shall be saying I want a new one. That's right. <laughs> I think... I think calling for a replacement would be high on your agenda. <laughs> well, it will, uh, you know, apparently their policy is three times. You know, the first two times, just because, uh, you know, they're saying, well, we've wiped well, it and now I, it works. I think but... I'd, yeah, I think I'd argue, what's the point? If, <laughs> yeah. if it's gone, if it's gone three times, sorry, well, no, it's gone twice. <laughs> if it goes a third time, well, you know, come on. Sending it back again is not going to solve the problem, is it? No, you're just wiping it, and I reinstall it all, and then it does it again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On past experience, I had a 15-inch MacBook Pro uh, many, many moons back, and uh, it developed a fault, and went into Apple in Glasgow for a repair, um, which they did, but it came back with more faults than it had before. Um, oh, so, it went, so it went back to get fixed, which they did. To come back with more folks, new ones. Uh, so after the third attempt, they they gave me a brand new 15-inch MacBook. So Jolly. yeah, it, it seems to be the third time they'll do something yeah. about it. Yeah. Well, let's let's hope so. I mean, uh, mm. oh dear, I've had terrible experiences with cars. I remember taking in a car once to get it repaired, and that, like you, when it came out, it was worse than it when it went in. Um, I mean, it was misbehaving. It was it was getting quite old, and <laughs> um, but what. I remember taking it in, and it was one of these chain uh, companies. You know, it wasn't a small repair shop. It was a, a big company. And it was so bad when it came out, I could barely drive it. It would, it basically just kept cutting out. And it was something to do with the carburetor, I think. And um, <laughs> they 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 tried to say, look, you know, stop, stop uh, bothering us kind of thing. And I, I, I wrote a stinking letter to their regional manager <laughs> and said, this isn't good enough. Quite right, and uh, and suddenly I had a phone call, you know, saying, "Well, I, I, we don't, we don't want to. I'm sorry, we upset you. Well, I'm sure we can sort something out for you." <laughs> <laughs> well, you, um, you, you do get the good ones. Uh, um, my brother-in-law he bought a brand new um, car. I wouldn't wouldn't name the manufacturer, but um, he discovered he couldn't get uh, fifth gear. Um, so when he took it back, uh, it was a case of, "Okay, new car." Get my brand new car. Yeah, um, yeah. So you can get good good service. Oh yeah, you bar. can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, absolutely. Indeed. There we go. Um, so, so fingers fingers crossed. Anyway, that I mean, hopefully crossed. it doesn't happen again. But yeah, but unfortunately at the moment we're I not just holding that, out a lot of hope. Are we? I just have that sort of horrible fear, you know, deep in my stomach every morning when I open it. Is it going to actually going to turn on? But there we go. Yes. Um, yeah. And it, either either I suppose it will continue to work and i'll gradually that fear will go away or it will happen again and i'll be asking for a new one so there we are do you leave it do you leave it uh, on sleep or do you leave it with a plug uh, you know, powered up uh, start again with a power cable plugged in charging well, up normally what i do you know is i, I just shut the lid and plug in the power mm-hmm. um 
which is yeah, sending it to sleep. But um, I don't. You, you, I take it you can't actually put it fully to sleep nowadays. No. Is it not when you open, open the lid up, it switches on? It springs directly to life. Yeah, unless you actually yeah. you know shut it off. But um, I don't. Yeah, know. but there's no. There's it's no that. compunction to do that. I mean, you shouldn't no. have to do that. But... You shouldn't have to do mm. that. So there you go. So it sounds like it's a sleep to wake problem. It does. It could be. Yeah. It does, yeah. Anyway, um, so that was That's that. Weird. Yep. And then I had, um, I had some trouble with Quip, which I used to do the show notes. Now, Quip is a sort of, um, I think it's an Electron type app. Um, and I've got the desktop app. And uh, when you open the desktop app, it says, uh, use your browser to finish logging in. And it, it, you say, yes, OK. And it will take you to the quip.com page and ask you to log in. Um, but although that worked perfectly well last time, this time it wouldn't have any of it. Every time I went to the quip page, it would log me in um, and show me the web version. But the um, the desktop app just said the same please continue logging in with the browser so i logged out of you know google and i logged out of quip and i reinstalled the quip app and the whole thing and started again and i messed about with this for i don't know 45 minutes maybe an hour and it would not have any of it because it's supposed to uh come up you know with a thing saying allow this page to open the quip app yes no and you give it permission and it should work um and it wasn't having it. It would not give me the allow this uh, page to open the Quip app. So in the end, I kind of had an idea and I opened Quip on my phone and opened the show notes on, on the phone. And then obviously that pops up the Quip continuity thing in the dock. And then I clicked on that, which suddenly said, do you want to open this in the app? So I was like, yes, please, I do. Thank you. And now it's working again. So yeah, it was a how handy, very strange. how very strange, but a handy tip if you use yeah. something like that. Try, you know, logging in on your phone and then using continuity to open it on the Mac, and that seemed to fix the problem. So there you go. Uh, um, are you running um, Monterey betas? No, no, I'm not. Right. I'm not. I did not this this time. I'm doing the um, the iPhone. Beta, so I'm running uh, iOS 15, mm. and I'm running the uh, the equivalent. Um, what is it? Watch OS 8 beta. Um, but because I have no easy way to uh, boot this M1 laptop uh, into an older operating system, i.e. Big Sur, I can't do the Monterey beta because then I wouldn't be able to podcast because um, the you know. Um, the rogue amoeba apps don't do betas for or not until the you know really really near the end when they're pretty yeah. much finalized so no i'm running big sir um so there we are interesting well i had some uh, very a very interesting morning because um i'd got the service set up um uh in the ecam live and that was fine and I got down to church, started, because I usually get down there before everyone else, and I start setting up all the equipment, uh, getting microphones plugged in and all that sort of stuff. And suddenly Gerald appears and says, uh, um, we've had a phone call from David. And I said, oh, yes, he did say he was going to ring you. And he said, um, unfortunately, he's not very well this morning. And this this is David. David's supposed to be leading worship. Oh, dear. <laughs> Uh-oh. Anyway, I've got David's order of service, and uh, uh, he's already sent me a video he wanted to show. Um, uh, I, I could probably wing the rest. 
but it did, we had also got no musicians other than me. <laughs> so I ended up leading worship and playing the piano. Uh, and uh, 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 Gerald was operating the words for the for the hymns for me. That sadly, just before the service, we for some reason we have a problem with when when I want to play back a video in church we get feedback so the microphones pick up that sound and coming out of the tv speakers yeah and we get a lot of feedback so i have to switch the microphones off which is only a single switch unfortunately <laughs> you know what i'm going to say i tested it before the service and then forgot to switch the microphones back on <laughs> oh dear so we ended up streaming a service with no sound whatsoever oh dear so, that was rather a. I mean, don't get me wrong; the service was fine, but unfortunately, no one online could could join in. Could hear. So yeah, apologies yeah. if if anyone went there this morning expecting to find me. I wasn't. You, you'd see me, but not hear me. You've obviously forgotten I'm available. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll bear that in mind, Jim. Next time, <laughs> we'll have you piped in. Yeah, exactly. Piped in. There we are. Oh, dear. talk. Um, and talking of cars, as we were a little bit there. Um, I went to have a test drive of the new Citroen um EC4 Saloon. Um, oh yes, which was rather pleasant. Um, it's all very swish. Um, very nice car. Very nice car, as you would expect. Um, nicely equipped. Uh, interesting to drive. That's for sure. Um, not really? in a bad way. Is, yeah, not in a bad way. Just is, if it, is, it, is it really a... Because they talk about a magic carpet ride, don't they? Um, is, well, it, is it a basic, magic carpet ride? It's basically silent, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, um, well, and it's, that. You know, there's no, no gearbox because it's um, direct drive. Um, that's right, yeah. So... Yeah, it was a little bit, certainly a little bit disconcerting at first to put your foot on the accelerator and move away with no sound at all. Um, you know, and there's no, obviously there's no rev count or anything. You've just got this sort of speedometer and a thing saying whether you're drawing power or, or regenerating power. So mm -hmm. um, if you turn, there are two modes. There's, well, there's sport mode, normal mode, eco mode. Um, which if you select eco mode, it says, uh, performance and interior, um, comfort may be restricted. So I guess it turns off your, turns off your aircon. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's basically for if you are getting range anxiety because you feel you're getting too low on power. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever used eco mode in any any of the electric cars I've ever had, no. even though they've had them. Um, <laughs> I, I did put it in sport mode for a quick try, um, and you yeah. can definitely uh, feel the difference. It you know accelerates harder, and um... yeah, you have to you have to wonder why they call it sport mode and a people carrier. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a people carrier; it's a saloon, but um, it's well, like. A... Yeah. It does actually feel quite sporty, though. Yes. I mean, the fact it because you've got instant acceleration, yeah, it, it, it does feel sporty. I mean, a, a lot I've seen a lot of reviews where people have said, Well, this one isn't very, you know, this one isn't very sporty. But if you've never driven an electric car before, it's quite a shock because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it does accelerate quite quickly up to about 40 miles an hour, yeah. So, um uh, that was that was all very pleasant, and it's got a it's got a rather um, nice uh, heads up display for the driver. So um, there's a big you know all the there's got a big touch screen um, in the centre of the dash for all the gubbins. But the um, the driver's uh, console 
is kind of behind the steering wheel in a fairly traditional position rather than yeah. like in the big, uh, the one I've got at the minute, there's a big display in the centre of the dash. But um, in order to help with the fact that to look at the uh, console, you've kind of got to look through the steering wheel. It's got a little, pers- I assume it's Perspex, heads-up display, which shows you, um, you know, the speed limit and what speed you're doing and if you've got... Um, what speed your cruise control is set to and that sort of thing, which is projected yeah. up onto this little um, piece of plastic, which was... And I would assume it'll probably, if, if you've got sat nav, it'll also project your next turning and things quite, like that on it as well. Quite possibly, but the the, uh, the the map, I think, displays on the big one in the centre, which yes. is really, really quite big, so, you you know, there we go. But it was, a, it was nice. Um, I'm just looking at the images on YouTube of it. Uh, not YouTube, uh, on the web. Yeah, it's quite it's smart. Not, yeah. It is. It's not a bad looking but, car at all, I must yeah. say. It's quite a big car, though. Um, uh, it's a fair size. Moderate size, yeah. It, you know. mm. Yeah, it, uh, some of these things can be very misleading. I mean, I've seen mm. lots of reviews of the Ionic 5, um, and until you actually see someone standing next to it, uh, the Ionic 5 is huge. It's much well, it's huge. The... I saw that last week. It's a massive yeah, it's car. much yeah. bigger than the uh, than the uh, the EC4, uh, mm-hmm. the Citroen. Yeah, um, I mean, but it's... yeah. I mean, I must admit, it it is in it is in my list of possible next cars. It... So. so, so what kind of range can you get out of it? Uh... Well, it, most of the sites are saying about 176 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, Citroen are saying. 216 maximum, which I guess means driving it in eco mode all the time. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, not ne- not necessarily. Bu- it'll be about it'll be about driving at a reasonable speed. So you might get 216 in the sum uh, as long as you don't go over 60 miles an hour, mm. kind of thing. Yeah. There's a battery um, options. Can you get a bigger battery or just a standard battery size? As far as I'm aware, there's only one battery size. Mm. Um, yeah, there is on this one. I mean, I was also going to take a look at the um, Bolingo, which is a sort of van version. Mm. But mm-hmm. um, although Citroen said it should be available in October, um, that's apparently, according to the salesman, not happening till at least next year due to... Oh, right. You know, short, <laughs> shortages and um, hold-ups in production and so on, so... And have you looked? Have you thought about looking at other brands, you know, likes of uh, MG, with their, their version of it? Mm, um, not particularly. I mean, no. I've had Citroens for about eight to ten years now. You do mm. get a very tend to get a very high spec mm-hmm. for um, you know the price bracket they're in. Bearing in mind that because my wife's disabled, we get a car on the motability scheme. So mm-hmm. we lease it, yeah, so it has through to be, the government. It has to be available on there, doesn't it? Yeah, it has to be available on their scheme. Although they have a wide range of vehicles, you know, you're not. Yes. I, yeah. I, I just that Citroen often have very good deals. Um, at the moment, for example, the EC4, if you're on the mobility scheme, I can't order one yet because um, my lease isn't up until uh, January. So I can't order mm-hmm. one yet. But until the 30th of September... Uh, the current deal on the EC4 for mobility is no money up front and a, a free electric charging point um, installed mm-hmm. at your home. Oh, very good. Which, you know, um, makes a, you know, a very attractive deal. And as the salesman said, you know, we're, we're selling more of these than we are ICE C4s because... Yeah, I can believe that. They're, at, they're being priced. I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't know the exact list price, but they're probably, you know, 28 to 31 grand bracket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
the, the prices are coming down for electrics. Yeah, yeah, you know, for a sort of mid-sized saloon, that's not you're not paying a huge premium over what you would pay for an ICE version. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'd I'd like to see I'd like to see the picket I'd like to see the prices coming down further. Yeah. I think they've still yeah. got some way to go. But, I mean you're um, still paying I mean I'm sure the petrol version of the EC of the C4 is probably 7000 cheaper. Mm. So so I mean it, it it there's still quite a big difference between the two. Yes. And considering you still hear people saying oh we'll be at price parity in in 2 years time or whatever it is. Um, what they're talking about is the actual price of the batteries. That doesn't mean that the manufacturers are going to pass it on to... No. Uh, no. Sorry, it doesn't mean that the manufacturers of the car are going to pass it on to you. So. No. I think, I think if you look at the actual package itself, that the kit you get with the car uh, kind of justifies the extra cost. Plus, if you think about... Yeah, if you, if you think about the savings you have or not paying for petrol and oil and all the rest of it, it kind of works out... A slightly better value in the long run, mm. I, and, it, and it depends. It depends on how you're going to buy it as well. I mean, if you're mm. buying it, mm-hmm. it th- there are different sums to do. If you're leasing it, I mean, my first electric car cost me no more than buying a petrol car to. Uh, it's a PCP, I think, the first one, but it's, you know, lease PCP, whatever, um, and it cost me no more. And it saved me fifteen hundred quid a year in petrol. I mean, exactly. okay, I did have to pay a little bit more for electricity, but remember when I bought my first car, I was working at Seven Trent and I was charging at work every yeah. day, mm. so it wasn't costing me a lot at all. And back in those days, electricity where you didn't have to pay on the motorways either. No, so it was well worth it back in those days. But it still is cheaper to run, so you, you do have to sort of factor that in a little. <clears> but it, it it all it's all about upfront costs, really. I mean. It, it's whether you can afford it or not. <laughs> yes. And another good thing is that um, uh, Tesla are now opening up their charging network to other manufacturers. So uh, well, that will help. To, yeah, they've said you know, they are. We haven't actually seen them do that yet. But... Yeah, that, that, that will actually give you more options. Yes. Yeah, agreed. Yep. So there we go. Um, oh, that's so that, good. Good that to hear. Very pleasant. Um, you know, the guy said to me, have you been thinking about electric for a while? And I said, I have, you know. Um, I said, well, if, if there'd been an electric option last time, which would have been like, you know, two and a half years ago, I probably would have considered that very heavily. But the um, Citroen didn't have any electric vehicles at that time. So, mm-hmm. no. You know. so, so we're going to see the Essential EV podcast show. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Probably not. <laughs> so there we go. Shall we move on a bit? Um, Apple are apparently re- uh, going to begin hosting in-store classes again, uh, starting from August the 30th, according to Engadget. Um, oh, that's good. I, I don't know, you know where specifically. Um, today, uh, Apple events were moved online year, last year due to the pandemic, as we all know. Um Sessions known as Today at Apple are expected to kick off August the 30th, although that could be delayed in some areas where the virus is on the rise. So, you know, Apple will be cautious as ever, I have no doubt. So, um, but they are considering reopening in-person uh, Today at Apple classes, which is, I suppose, something. Probably good. Step back in the right direction. Yes, hopefully. Um, 
this one um, is on Vice. Uh, nine to five Mac writer paid a source five hundred dollars in Bitcoin for stolen Apple data. Apparently, um, I believe this was a couple of years ago. Um, uh, nine to five Mac have said that their policy is not uh, ever to you know pay for such information, and the person involved uh, is no longer, I believe, at. Um, nine to five mac um i mean the reason this is sticky of course is uh technically if they did pay for it apple could come after them and say you know you have um paid for trade secrets um well, i would have thought that would be a criminal offense uh, paying for stolen information yeah yeah you would think so wouldn't you it, it probably yeah. is to be honest which is why most journalists don't pay sources um, mm-hmm. And also on Vice, uh, there's a thing here called Apple's Double Agent, uh, which is about the guy involved, who it appears was part of the leaker community, but at the same time was sending information to Apple. Um, and as far as I could make out for it, was hoping that Apple would, you know, bung him half a million quid or something um, because he had proved, you know, to uh, be exposing people within the leaker community. Um, Seems a little bit like Apple led him on partly, but at the same time, it would appear he'd got no idea how to go about um, striking a deal with Apple. So he was kind of playing both sides of the fence at the same time. Um, it's an interesting read. But, mm. um, His name wasn't Brooke Bond by any chance. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not Brooke Bond. No, indeed. Um, so there you go. That that was, But both of those stories were on Vice. Um I don't know what to make out of it, really. Um, he seems to have been playing both both sides in an attempt to, you know, have it both ways. Both sort of um, feeling that if he was leaking, you know, exposing leakers to Apple, they would protect him and pay him. And um, at the same time, still picking up information and trying to sell it himself. So it's all a bit strange. But there you go. That's that one. Yeah, it's not really a... It's not really a... I mean... It's bad that he did it. Um, if it's against his, you know, his code of ethics and all that sort of stuff, he shouldn't have done it, should he? But um, I notice it says late, lower down in this article that um, <laughs> about seven or eight other news, of course, jumped on it straight away and said and and repeated it, um, which just shows you need to be careful about your sources, doesn't it? Really, it does. Really, I think that's uh, you know. So there we are. Um... Tim Cook explains the biggest problem with Facebook. Um, actually, he doesn't mention Facebook, but it's uh, Tim Cook um, gave a statement. Oh, okay. You're going to be awkward about showing me that story. Thank you very much. Um, tech industry, also the same story. Uh, tech industry needs to rebuild user trust after privacy losses, says Tim Cook. Um, Technology will only work if it has people's trust. Yep, it's the um, it's the nine words. Cook seemingly refers to Facebook, though not by name. The risk of not doing that means technology loses touch with the user, and in that case, privacy can become collateral damage. Mm. Conspiracy yeah. theories or hate speech begins to drown everything else out, and technology only works if it has people's trust. Um, well, you know, uh, I'm not really very surprised that he said that. I mean, no. we all we all know what Apple's position is on on you know privacy and security and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so he's, he's got a point because there's more and more things that are requiring you to 
I have Facebook as a means of you know uh, communicating amongst each other. Yeah. Um, and there's no other option other than Facebook or don't don't uh, don't be in the loop. And I'm afraid I'm, I'd rather be out the loop than in the loop. I wouldn't use Facebook. Yeah, I know. No. I know for some people it's not for them. And no. Um, no. But it, I mean, I I use it, but um, but mm. I use it in a limited sort of way. Um, I'm I'm not someone who friends anyone. Some, sometimes I get friend requests, and I think, well, I've no no clue who this person is, exactly. so they don't get friended at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a consequence, the kind of things I tend to see tend to be the kind of things my friends, you know, like yes. and whatever. And as a consequence, um, okay, occasionally I get the odd bit of rubbish. But I'm not completely swamped by hate speech, a little bit like um, Carl always complains about Twitter. You know, it's constantly, you know, hate, hate and more hate. Mm. Um, I, I know there's a, a way of using Facebook in a private group rather than open to the yep. the vast majority. But um, that seems to be a rarity rather than, the, you know. I think um, that's probably true. I think that's probably yeah. true. And I know, I say I know Facebook isn't for everybody, but mm. um, it it does it does offer useful ways of keeping in touch with people. It's uh, just a pity there isn't just, an alternative to it. Yeah, it's just such yeah. a shame that 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 their business model is such that we know that they're just interested in scraping as much data out, out of you as they can. And I well, accept it's... that, uh, and 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 I'm quite. Happy with that, I suppose, well, or, they, or at least I don't see an alternative. So. Yeah, I mean, they kind of kind of destroyed uh, Instagram because originally that was a photo sharing, you know, site, and then when they yeah. bought it, that uh, kind of killed it for a lot of folk, including myself. But I, I believe now it's 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 much less photography and more. Um, I can only burst on Facebook, I suppose. You know, it's more communication, more. You know, that kind of side of thing rather than right. photography. So yeah, it's I become know. I believe it's become much more of a social network kind of Yeah. Yeah, thing. that's right. Um, you know, filled with ads and all sorts. I've I've never been a user because I'm not a photographer, but um Yeah. And I think that that's the reason for this other company coming out with uh, a possible option to Instagram, but so far I haven't been impressed by it. I mean, I've forgotten the name Is of the, the a glass? Glass, that's it, yeah. I had a look at glass and I don't think it's worth the cost uh, at the moment. Um, I think the only tr- I think the only trouble with any kind of alternative social media is is, is users. It's a they've yeah. got such a stranglehold on on the users it's, now. Yeah, it's building the community. That's right. That it's mm-hmm. so difficult to move across to something else, mm-hmm. unless it was offering something that was completely unique. Uh, I don't think people will go over there simply because it's safer. Mm-hmm. You know. You know uh, I think my my attitude to it is probably like a lot of people's attitude to it. It might not be my favourite thing, but it serves a purpose. And so a lot of people just don't care about their own security, their own, you know, online security. The other thing is, you know, I don't use Facebook. I don't have any truck with it, but that's a whole different ballgame. Like you, Nick, you know, if you use it carefully and you are aware of what it can do, um, and manage your options correctly, then I'm sure you can limit your exposure. But yes. a lot of people just go and, you know, sign into Facebook and splatter stuff all over their wall and, you know, friend hundreds of people 
and um, don't check their things. And they've got you get this thing with friends of friends, which can rapidly spiral into, you know, out of control. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the trouble with social media generally is that it, 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 it it's its strength as well. It, it so it's its strength and its worst. Uh, option is simply this sort of openness um i can remember years and years ago going on to like chat boards and things like that and coming across someone particularly nasty and that was it i'd never went on it again mm. <laughs> i thought well I'm not, I'm not putting myself through that again so that's the end of that uh, whereas you know youngsters with social media these days it's almost like they can't help it you no. know what i mean once they're sucked in they're sucked in and they, and, and they can't get away from it because that's where all their friends are and you I think part of the yeah, problem with really social difficult. social media is that its desire to drive you to, you know, link with ever more people um, yeah. rather than saying, well, you know, I've got a reasonable, you know, group of people I follow and people who follow me and that's good enough. That's no. right. Well, it's a badge of honour at one point, wasn't it? It was a badge of honour. Oh, I've got two and a half million followers. Yeah. Um, and I, I suppose to a certain extent it still is. Maybe not on Facebook, but certainly YouTube. And well, you YouTube know, It's a badge of honour if you've got because, all those followers. Well, because if on, on yeah. YouTube, the more followers you've got, the more likely you are to get monetized and be able to oh, oh, of course. Mm. Yeah. break in yeah, vast yeah. sums of money. Um, I, I've stuck with Flickr. Uh, I mean, I, I, I dabbled with Insta, Instagram when it first came out before Facebook bought it. Um, and if they hadn't bought it, I think I would have still have been there. But um, I dabbled with Flickr and found it more useful than Instagram. And I looked at Glass when it, you know, when it came out there. I gave it a wee try, um, and I thought, well, I'm, pay I'm paying for Flickr. I pay, I've got the pro version of it. I'm paying for Flickr. It's an annual fee. It's probably more expensive than Glass, but for for what Glass offers and what Instagram offers, I'm happy to stick with with you know, Flickr. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Well, not much, else, not, not much else to say, really, is there? No. Um, but yeah, basically, the, the main reason this whole Tim Cook thing has you know, made the news stories is because that's actually a fairly aggressive statement for a CEO mm -hmm. to make. Normally, is, you know, they it? tend yeah. to be politically very hedged in what they say. I mean, he, he didn't mention <clears throat> Facebook by name, but everybody knows who's talking about Facebook. Um, yeah. And he's saying, you know, if you can't rebuild people's trust, um, it, it, you know, uh, and he's saying, you know, privacy is no longer a niche issue. It's become a mainstream um, issue that people talk about all the time. So, yeah, here we are. Um, yeah, well, well done, Uncle Tim. Yeah, well done, Uncle <laughs> Tim, I guess. Yes, correct. Um, da Vinci Resolve has uh, done an update which claims to bring three times faster performance to M1 Max and a 30% longer battery life, I guess, you know, under uh, whilst yeah. using DaVinci Resolve, which uh, is pretty much a professional-level um, video editor, uh, even though you can use it for free. Um, that's, that's pretty impressive, actually, because, I mean, it, it was... I, I, I've used, I'm not using it at the moment, because now we're back to live services. I, d I don't actually need it as much, but when I was editing video um, for, for services... Um, I I used DaVinci Resolve and it was very useful and it was pretty fast the way it was. Yeah. <laughs> so to actually get three times faster 
is uh, I mean, I'm not quite sure what in what area it's three times faster because um, no, I mean, no. there's a lot to editing. It might be three times faster when you're moving stuff around, or it might be three times faster when you're exporting, or uh, there's, there's quite a lot of different ways it could be faster. I mean, part of it, but, I guess, is but that faster this is always better. This is probably <laughs> a, it's probably a, you know, an M1 native app. Um, well, it was M1, yeah, it was M1 native before this version. Oh, was it? But, okay, um, it was. But they've obviously rewritten one of the uh, subsystems to uh, to take more advantage of the M1 Mac. So that's that's brilliant. Okay, well done them. It says add support for a completely new processing engine, which transforms the speed of DaVinci Resolve to work up to three times faster on Apple Mac models with the M1. Um, you can now play back, edit, and grade 4K projects faster and work on 8K projects on an Apple M1 notebook. This new processing engine uses tile-based rendering, which gives customers up to 30% longer battery life on laptop computers when working in DaVinci Resolve. So That is impressive. That's very, very, good. very impressive. Um, mm-hmm. There you have that. Uh which is very nice if you have an M1 and you're a DaVinci Resolve user. Get the latest update. Um, Apple have said that SharePlay will not be available in the first iOS 15 release, um, according to 9to5Mac. SharePlay, of course, being one of their uh, tentpole features. Uh, at yeah, WWDC. it's rather a disappointment. I mean, it's not a disappointment to me because I can't see myself ever using it, but but I'm sure... For the people it was aimed at, that's a bit of a disappointment. That that's yes. Not, uh, they're, they've obviously come across a big stumbling block somewhere along the line. Some, something somewhere is, you know, not up to scratch, I would guess. Um, so it will be in iOS 15, but it will not be, you know, shipping in iOS 15.0 um, when it releases. Uh, there you go. Not a lot to say about that, is there? Um Apparently, Magic is a free Mac app which lets you draw anything using the trackpad. Uh, this was on 9to5Mac. Um, basically, it's a very simple, you know, paint or type program which allows you to use your finger on the trackpad to make scribbles on the screen. Um, not a lot more to say about that. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, what's what's quite good about it is apparently it's been developed by a, a young developer. Oh, yes, uh, yes, Chao Gabriel. I'm not sure how you say his first name. J O A O. Anyway, um, who's one of the winners of Apple's WWDC Swift Student Challenge? That's brilliant. Good, good on him for getting that out. Yes, uh, as you might guess, <laughs> yeah. this app is not focused on professional users since there's no way to use an Apple Pencil on the Mac's trackpad. Uh, it takes advantage of the good quality of the Mac's built-in trackpads or Magic trackpad if you have one, and lets you create fun drawings using just your fingers. You know, finger. And apparently, he's still work is working on new features, including the ability to add and rearrange multiple layers in a single project. Mm, that would be that would be a pretty um, you know pretty powerful piece of kit. Then what, what would make it what would make it more useful is you could use it as a way of signing documents. Mm. Mm, maybe. It requires a computer running Mac OS Big Sur and later. Yeah. Surely good. Yeah. Well done, him. Well done, him. I don't know how young he is, but well done, him. No, it doesn't specify, but uh, he's a young developer, apparently. Uh, What else have we got? Um, Oh, yes. uh, This might be of interest. If you're a WhatsApp 
uh, user. Um, there is now a beta available for Mac and Windows desktop computers. Because um, oh, I've been using something called Chatmate for WhatsApp. Right. Okay. Uh, well, which which works very much like WhatsApp, but it's actually it's a separate app, as it were. Yes. And it and it pulls the data from your phone. Um, so you have to have your phone near for it to work. I'm not quite sure how it does that, but it does. So anyway, uh, there's now an official WhatsApp public beta for Mac and Windows desktop computers uh, and WhatsApp for iPad. Uh, and uh, as it happens, also Android tablet will be coming soon, according to uh, according to them. Um, oh, cool. As they are working on multi-device support. Because I must admit, if you do use WhatsApp, you know, it's limited at the moment to your phone. So it would be good, you know, if you're a WhatsApp user to be able to use it via your computer. Yes, it's much easier, for instance, for me to set up a Zoom meeting and then copy in everyone um, using WhatsApp, um, using this chat mate at the moment. Um, it's very useful because I literally can copy and paste it. across. I mean, you can do that on the phone as well with the continuity, but... Um, but it is handy to be able to do it on my computer. So yeah. I'll be interested to see that when it comes out. Uh, okay, well, you can get the beta now. Um, I've got links in there. I've got a link no, to... No, I don't think I'll... Uh, I'll wait, wait until it's released properly. Yeah, but there you go. It's it's available. I've tried it this afternoon, and it seems to work perfectly well. So that's good. Um, good. I guess we all uh, saw and or heard about Elon Musk and his Tesla bot. A.K.A. Uh, AKA a person in spandex suit dancing around. Um, <laughs> that was a bit bizarre, I must admit. Yeah. Did you, did, you see any, did you see any of the rest of it? Because, I mean, I, I thought the battery day was technical, but I could follow it. Um, but I, I watched the beginning of the presentation, the AI, the AI presentation. And I must admit, after five minutes, I thought, gosh, this is too... I've <laughs> no, no idea, what, no they're idea what they're talking about. No, I, I haven't. I haven't. Way only... over my head. I only picked up on it because of, you know, his rather fanciful uh, prediction that uh, Tesla will bring out a workable humanoid domestic bot by, you know, the middle of next year, which is... Yeah, well, that's that's Elon Musk's next year, which we all know is five years <laughs> at time at least. <laughs> <laughs> it's also utterly, uh... utterly fanciful because uh, I, you know, I've got two links here. One's to uh, inverse, um, you know, what the Tesla bot may mean for the future of Mars City, because he's saying he could send robots in cargo ships to Mars to start setting up the Mars City before we send <laughs> any, before we send any, you know, humans to Mars, or you know, any fabulous version of uh, colonizing Mars. Um, don't, but, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, when he sets his mind to something, somehow he has a way of making it happen. Yes. Um, so I wouldn't discount him. I just his timescales tend to be a little bit yeah, optimistic. Optimistic. <laughs> let's be gen let's be generous. Yeah. Um. Uh, and I've got one from The Verge, which is don't overthink it. Elon Musk's Tesla bot is a joke. Um. Where somebody. Well, I'm not. I'm not so sure that that's fair. Well, what? What? Yeah. what you know. Um. It made me think of uh, a TV show from uh, many, many moons back, which will be nameless and data from Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remain yeah. nameless, except it's Star Trek. <laughs> um, 
obviously, you know, it, it all seems a bit fanciful. As somebody, you know, as the author at The Verge points out, to put Musk's claims into context, Boston Dynamics, a company which makes Atlas the most advanced bipedal robot in the world, has never described his machines as anything except R&D. Atlas, says Boston's Dynamics, is simply a way to push the edge of robotics. Um, and in recent videos of the machine, the company has showed how difficult building a bipedal robot is and how often Atlas trips and falls over. So Yeah. Cool. <laughs> well... I say, don't, don't, don't count him out. I mean, he may, it may, he may be completely fanciful, but don't well, count him out. I mean, there was not long ago that people, if you spoke to top scientists, they would have said, "There's no way they're going to land <coughs> booster rockets so they can reuse them." Yeah, I know. But, yeah, <laughs> and he did it. So, oh yeah. Who knows? Well, if you've ever watched the uh, Boston Dynamics uh, on YouTube. Uh, the robots doing their dance routine. I mean, that is scarily uh, <laughs> realistic. You know, it just really makes you think these robots are not far away. That you know, Elon Musk is looking at. Um, it, they're certainly thinking big. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Data's yeah. on the on the horizon. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm not. I'm not really sure about that. I'd, um, <laughs> I just. I mean, he talks big and, yeah, let's just say he's usually vastly optimistic and um, yeah. it just, you know. Uh, it, uh, only five minutes ago, he was saying that AI would destroy us all. Yes, mm-hmm. this is also true. So, what, so why is he encouraging that? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mm. Um, you know. Uh, he'll, probably say, he'll probably say, well, I'm, I'm encouraging it because I won't be here then. I'll be on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! Um, you know what they're saying is there's nothing wrong with Tesla. You know, uh, doing research on this, working on it, whatever. Just you know, don't. It's a mislead. natural extension of what that. In many ways, it's a natural extension of what they've been working on with vision technology. Yes, it's I mean, exactly the, what, what they've been what, working on. Is sounds mind-bogglingly complicated. I mean, yeah. it, it really is amazing what they've I mean, achieved so far. You know. Um, our cars are semi-sentient robots on wheels. It kind of makes sense to put that into a humanoid form. Um, I think he might find that rather harder than he thinks, but, you know, what? I think that's probably true, but we'll see. <laughs> we shall see. Uh, I, I think next year, as I say, might be just a little bit optimistic. Yes. I mean, as somebody <laughs> said, I can't remember which of these articles. Somebody says, you know... Um, if Boston Dynamics have been working on it for a decade and still can't, you know, admit that he can't really get it to work properly, um, Elon thinks he can leapfrog a decade of their work um, in a year. Is um, yeah. optimistic at if best. He said, uh, if he said in my lifetime, uh, maybe, maybe I, my lifetime's a lot shorter than <laughs> all those who are younger than me, yeah. <laughs> which is probably quite a lot of people. Oh, there um, we go. But, but yeah, they're, but yeah, they're worth looking maybe. at. It, it, you know, and it's interesting. It could be fun. Um, yeah, look at the Cybertruck. That's been pushed back to next year at earliest. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the comments he made about the. Uh, um, yeah, you won't have to worry about it because it won't be very strong, and it'll only be able to travel at five miles an hour. So you can yeah. run away from it. <laughs> yes, yes, that was the thing because of his. I guess that's in reaction to his. Uh, you know, killer robots will destroy us all. 
This one's going to weigh yes. 125 pounds, uh, have human-sized hands, and only be able to walk at five miles an hour. So you can run away for, from it or probably overpower it, unless you're a seven-stone weakling or a small child. Uh, and if you've got knees like mine, uh, it'll catch me, no bother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, run away, run away. Well, you know, <laughs> if, if, it's, if it's that light, you could probably knock it over with your walking stick, Jim. You know? Mm. <laughs> Or do that, you know, mm. do the old, uh, you know, the old music hall gag with hooking it round the neck with your stick and pulling it <laughs> over. Oh, dear. There we are. Um, and I've, I've got a I've got a shout out here because I, I want to give a shout out to these uh, these people. Um, my son, who recently purchased himself a PS5, um, managed to knock it off the shelf and break the HDMI port, which apparently is oh, a very, no. very common result. Uh, apparently, the PCR, uh, the HDMI port is mounted on the edge of the circuit board and uh, is very prone to breakage. And um, I spoke okay. to Sony. Yes, if uh, you know any amount of excessive force or shear force applied, you know, shearing type force applied to the port is likely to damage the port or break the break the soldering points. Um, so in mm. knocking it off the shelf, it fell and the HDMI cord, of course, yanked out of it and broke the port. So um, we spoke to Sony, who said, that's out of warranty. You've damaged it. That'll be 250 quid. So um, I thought, yeah, no, no, it won't. Thank you. Um, so I did some searching and I found a company in Bolton in the UK called Console Wizard. And they're at consolewizard.co.uk and they do uh, repairs on uh, game consoles, you know, uh, phones, tablets, laptops, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, it still wasn't cheap to get it fixed, um, but it was £80 for the repair and uh, 20 quid to have uh, Express Courier, where they sent a courier to pick it up and a courier to send it back. And it was done in about four days, including the um, courier picking it up. So basically, oh, it, good. it went to Bolton. The bloke took it out of the box, took it apart, replaced the HDMI port with a genuine uh, Sony PS5 one. As he said, we guarantee all our parts are you know original. Not We don't shoehorn in a... You know, just any old HDMI and kind of solder it on somehow. It's all proper and official and uh, and sent it back. So uh, a shout out to them. Oh, very good. Um, a very good service, I have to say. Um, and so if you have problems, and of course, if you have out of warranty repairs for for any of the other devices, they're well worth looking at. Uh, I was very yes. impressed. And, with you're, their and you're in the UK, of course. Yes, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I, I'm, they may or may not do international shipping. I'd probably not be honest because the you know the risk of import charges and lord knows what but um yeah i did actually speak to somebody on one of the reasons that i went to them was because after looking at two or three companies um many of whom when i rang them you don't you just get a go to the web and make an order recording uh, i actually right. got a person to speak to who you know talked me through Makes what would difference. be needed and what would ha you know what would happen and how he would go about it and all the rest so um, I'm afraid I can't remember his name, but consolewizard.co.uk, highly recommended by me and my boy. There we are. Jolly um, what else have we got left? Um, 
customers are seeing suing T-Mobile over their massive uh, data breach. Not really any surprise there, as 53 million people were exposed, according to Business Insider. Um, And apparently T-Mobile suffered a massive data breach. Its response is the one thing no company should ever do uh, on Inc., which is probably deny that it uh, deny that it happened. I guess I didn't. Um, yeah, I didn't bother to follow it. Um, Donny in the Slack room said he's impacted by this, but luckily um, only his T-Mobile um, account data has been exposed. Not things like his social security number or other, um, you know, more more serious uh, amounts of data. So. Uh, there we go. But uh, yes, T-Mobile have suffered a massive one. And apparently AT&T denies data breach after hack- hacker auctions 70 million user database. Uh, and that's Goodness from CyberSecDN, who I've never heard of, but there you go. Um, this is the problem, isn't it? You know, you, yeah. these bigger companies, they're huge honeypots because they just have so much information. If you can breach their defences and pull out data you you know for criminal purposes you're made because you're not yeah, you know right you're getting so. away with millions upon millions of accounts and passwords and all sorts of things which often of course because people use the same password all over the place like idiots they get used for credential stuffing to break into other places uh, by the go. way i had a good i had a, com- a complete aside and nothing to do with security uh, well sort of to do with security um, do you remember we talked about secrets last week? Yes. I've, I've been having a good good play with it this week, and I'm quite impressed by it, I must admit. Um, it's as easy to use as 1Password. You can store most of the stuff in it that you can store in 1Password. And um, if you've got a uh, uh, setup, then it's free to use. And once it, once it sees your um, iCloud um you know you were talking about different prices for different things yes but once it sees once it sees your iCloud repository it, you don't have to pay for it on iOS either oh um interesting so, because when um, we were uh, looking at it after the show um it it looked like you had to pay separately but it looked yeah, like you had no, to pay twice yeah i've i've downloaded it and, and and it immediately i pointed it at my iCloud and it immediately said oh yeah there's your repository in iCloud right uh, so and basically so if you buy so, it for either iOS or the Mac, you can then use the other one. I think I think that's the way it works. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So and uh, uh, just a little tip for if you do use it, um, if you when you're in iOS, if you go to settings, and I didn't know this until I investigated it. Uh, if you go into set, I'm going to just do it now. Uh, settings, and then scroll down to passwords and open that up. Uh, then you have autofill passwords up there and you can switch on and off which ones you want to work. So I've switched off one password and I've switched on secrets and I've left iCloud chick keychain on for now, but I may end up switching that off as well um, so that I can store everything in secret. Uh, and it, so it's very easy to do in iOS um, and on the Mac. In fact, it's uh, similar. So very good. So there we go. Yes, I'd recommend Secrets if you, I say, particularly if you subscribe to Setup because it's no extra cost. Do you have a link to that? Um, it's in last uh, week's show notes, um, but it's it on the App Store, Jim. It's on the Mac App right. Store and on the thing, and it's called Secrets. 
secrets. And as right. I say, if you if you have um Was that iOS or Mac Mac store? Both. Oh both. both. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So in both. There's an app for the for iOS and there's an app for Mac. And yeah. And it's very easy to very easy to import your passwords from you just do an export from one password and then just import them all in from using right. secrets. So Yeah. That was the one that yeah. um nice Andy little tool. Point, pointed us to. Be honest, because the um, the way the way one password is heading, um, I think eventually it'll be a subscription only. Well, it is subscription yeah, I think only. that's. Um, that's you see, I am going. paying a subscription. Yeah, I am paying a subscription at the moment for one password, but I may stop now that I've got this. So, make it a better try. Yep, um, you can try it out. I think you can use you can put ten things in it for free before you're you know committed to um, to actually buying it to actually mm-hmm. buying it. And as I say, yeah, don't. We were slightly confused after the show last week because it, it says it's like you know eighteen pounds on the Mac and eighteen pounds on iOS, so it looked like you might have to pay twice. But um, Nick's saying that's not true. That's not how it works. Right. Yeah. Well, I certainly haven't had to pay for it on on iOS. As I say, as soon as I pointed it at, uh, I downloaded it, and as soon as I pointed it at, uh, it actually didn't show a cost on iOS. So. Well, maybe once you bought it and it's free, you know, it's, um, I don't know. Yes, perhaps, yeah, perhaps you would have had to pay an in, oh, it, it was an in-app purchase, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was an in-app purchase in, in iOS, but if it already sees that you've already paid for it, then yeah. From, well, as far as I can see anyway, you don't have to pay again. And that's a one-off payment? Yep, yep. I believe so. Yes, yep. it's a, a, right. a one-off. Um, I will actually, I'm going to go to the, uh, I will put the link in again. I'll put the link in again uh, mm-hmm. this week. It was in last week's, but I'll put it in again. Yeah, I've got them. Yeah, anyway. Right. Surely good. Uh, I, I just thought it was worth mentioning. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, it yeah, is. Nice that I've had that I've had a play, and and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it's not bad at all. Not bad at all. Excellent. Oh, I wonder, I wonder if you so, but then you've got it in setup, haven't you, Nick? I have. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Nick, I can't tell whether I. Whether you have to pay both, I'm afraid. No, maybe, um, maybe because you're subscribed to Setup, you get it free regardless. So, oh, it could be, could be a, a deal with Setup. Oh, that's a fair point. I don't know. No, well, uh, you know, more. So, uh, you know, if you have to pay both, you could be paying up as much as thirty-six pounds. But that said, it's a one-off payment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just gonna, I was just gonna have a quick look in Setup actually at the what it says. Um, just give me a second. Uh, so secrets, wasn't it? Secrets. There it is. Oh, it's just launching secrets, which is <laughs> not, not what I wanted it to do. No, I okay. just want to see. Um, to see. So, oh, I have to open Setup first. All right. On a minute. So while, while we do that, um, I've got a, a tip via David Ginsburg of In Touch with iOS. Um, which is how to quit all your Mac apps in seconds, um, which uh, is on makeuseof.com. And uh, I'm not a huge user of the command tab switcher. Um, do you use the command tab um, app switcher at all, lads, on the Mac? Mm, no. Nope. Uh, occasionally. Right. Not, not very often. No, nor do I. Okay. I don't know why. It's just not how I work, I guess. But apparently, if you wish to quit an app from that, what you can do is you can command tab to the app you wish to quit, and then still holding the command button down, press Q, and you will quit the uh, quit that app. 
What I normally do I is, uh, if I'm in the app, I just press uh, Command Q, and yeah, it closes but, the app. But, yeah, but no, I don't. I don't, uh, you know, uh, do what that's suggesting. Well, um, I, I think the point here is, if you've got a whole load of apps open, you can mm-hmm. basically tab along the bar, going tab Command Q, tab Command Q, tab Command yeah. Q, so, without actually so, so, switching to all the apps individually. Right, so how does that work again? Well, if you use Command Tab. Uh, right, okay, what's tab now? Uh, <laughs> next to Q, up next to Q. Oh, that's the, the arrow pointing to the right. Yep. Uh, that's the tab key. So if you uh, command tab, you will move along. Oh, I see it now. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, from there, you can use that to switch apps by move command tabbing to the one you want to jump to, or oh. you can use, uh, when one is selected, don't let go of the command bar, then just do uh, Q, like oh. so command Q, and it will quit it without actually switching to it. Which, oh, brilliant. Yep. Just learned something new. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've ju- and I've just done it, so it does work. <laughs> yep, yep. You can use it to. And, Never and, used that. And my uh, my kind of um, counterpoint to that one is uh, if you have, you know, if you have like a zillion apps open and you want to, sh- you know, kind of close your Mac down. If you do Command Option Shift Q, it will quit everything and log you out. It will ask you if you want to save things. If you've got open stuff, of course, it won't just like yeah quit everything. And if, and if you do Command Shift, can you use that to open the app? For what? To bring it to bring it to the front. Uh, I don't know where you're going with that one. So if no, you're using the if you're using yeah, the command, all, all you have to do is command tab to the one that you want to bring to the front. Do and then the let front. go, and it will bring it to the front. Yeah. If, if, that doesn't if you, seem to work. If you use command tab to go along the bar, you pick something. When right. you let go, it will bring it to the front. That's it. That's its main point. Uh, not, not if uh, not if it's not if it's um, if you've not, not got well. it. Uh, what I'm trying to say is it needs to be open for you to do that so you, i've yeah. got mail open but i can't bring mail um, to the front because mail isn't showing a window well i'm i'm doing that command tab and moving along to proton vpn and it's showing that it's showing the top uh, top bar proton vpn but what uh, I'm well that's, that's is... not i don't think because that's a, a menu bar app i don't that's slightly uh, different but if you right, so that describe... doesn't work but that's a that uh, for quitting that's a good idea that's mm. good that's something new there you go um, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so I've had a look in um, in setup, and it isn't <coughs> clear. It just says access from anywhere, use mm. secrets across your Apple devices, and it's, it doesn't say anything about because it's you're already paying for it this. included yeah. in the deal. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't actually it doesn't actually say. So I'm afraid we can't be absolutely sure. We can't be absolutely sure. No, okay, that's fair enough. Um, and that's about it i'm sure there was something that came to mind while we were talking there and it's gone again so never mind um <laughs> some other thing that i i thought of uh while we were talking uh, but um it's a slippery slope yeah it's slippery slope. <laughs> uh, uh, descending into my dotage <laughs> <laughs> so there we go um no, I can't remember what it was. I can't remember what it was now. Um, something I thought of that's not in the show notes, which is why I write show notes, because then I don't forget things. Um, <laughs> but you forgot to put it in the show notes. Yeah, I did. Yeah. No, I didn't forget to put it in the show notes, actually. I just thought of it just now while we were talking about something. And um, <laughs> now I've completely forgotten it because we started talking about something different. There we are. Um, so that's about it, lads. That's about it. 
So I guess we'll do the wrap up. So that's uh, quite short for us, isn't it? We've done pretty well. Yeah, not too bad. So, uh, Jim, where can people find you? Uh, Flickr as Army O in open close brackets uh, on Vimeo. Uh, link in the show notes and in the Slack group and here as well occasionally. Exactly, jolly good, Nick. So, are the open and close brackets at the end? No, they're around the arm. Around the It's O R M I E, and it's a capital O in open close bracket. Yeah, or follow. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm doing the wee. I'm doing the wee sign with the two fingers uh, either side <laughs> of my head. You know, so you can you can see what I mean. Right. Of course. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. Quality entertainment. Quality entertainment. Uh, <laughs> If I'd just got, if I'd been able to get the one I wanted, I wouldn't have the Owen closed open brackets. But somebody else had it. There we go. There we How go. How dare they? How dare they? What cheek. Oh, dear. So, uh, you can find yeah. me. Well, well <laughs> it's, it's, put it this way it's a lot better than the SRP as paint shop. Yes, true. That is true. Yeah. No cro- no open brackets, no closed brackets. <laughs> you can find me occasionally on Twitter. Uh, but only very occasionally. I'm Spligosh, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H. Uh, you can uh, find me in the Slack chat room. No, do I mean Slack? Yes, I do. The yes. Slack chat room occasionally and uh, occasionally on Bart's show over at Let's Talk Apple. And also, if we can arrange it, on the street corner. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, and of course the link to your um, church worship is in the show notes if anybody wants to. Yes, but there won't won't be a service this week because there was no sound, so I deleted it. (laughs) Thrown it away. A silent service. It was a silent service, absolutely. It was mimed. Does that mean you're a secret agent? (laughs) Might might do. Might do. (laughs) do. Just call me double O O zero. Oh dear, well you can find me of course on the Twitter as at Serenak and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K The show is at Essential Apple You can find all the stuff over at at EssentialApple.com And that's about it really Uh, Thank you to everybody who downloads and listens to this rubbish Um, Thank you for all the people who support us, you know, by retweeting us and battering their friends around the head with a dead MacBook until they give in, that sort of thing. Uh, You know, sends us money, beer, wine. We're not fussy. Um, There you go. So thank you to you all. And uh, we'll say goodbye and be back next time. So goodbye. Goodbye. Ta-da. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. 
This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Hi, my name is Dave Ginsberg. I'm the host of In Touch with iOS at InTouchWithIOS.com with my co-host, Warren Sklar. We talk about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. We also have some great Apple guests from the Apple community that also talk to us uh, relating to any tips, any apps, any news of the day, anything that's going on with Apple. Please give us a listen. Our website is InTouchWithIOS.com. I really cannot remember what it was. Something while we were talking came to mind, sprung into my mind, some tip or other. Yeah pointless thing i was going to talk about. oh i know i was going to mention well the preferences that um the latest build of safari now has um moved all the things like uh compact view or not compact view and things into the preferences because some of them were hiding in weird places um, oh right okay that and they've sense, also right. on um the latest uh ios for iphone beta you can now have the bar at the top or at the bottom and you can have compact view or something but again it's almost back to how it was to be honest although i don't mind the latest build you now if have the bar at the bottom you have a very compact bar at the bottom and when you tap on it it pops up a little bit to show the various things like the share button and the reload button and the reader view button um and then just iphone on the iphone yeah i don't know about that i don't have an ipad do i (coughs) to check it on so um but they've done some stuff in that as well if the latest beta for the ipad apparently has made some more changes about uh, you can have a single bar or a double bar and you know all sorts of things but it's i mean putting allowing you to put it back at the top is almost completely giving up on the whole thing I'll be <laughs> i don't I mind it, it being at the bottom i haven't got a problem with it being at the bottom i just don't want it to obscure half of the bloody website and i want it to have all the tools i, think, I want available which I they don't seem to have done you know I think I've read right. You still have the option. It's yeah. not fully taken away from you. So no, no. But what they what they've I, done? I would prefer to have it down the bottom, but uh, yeah, I don't know how that would work when you put the keyboard up. It just Does pushes it, it up. up. Just pushes it, it up. I mean, yeah, it just slides up like like the you know in the same way as a text box will slide mm. up in front on to, on top of the keyboard. So actually, mm. how they've got it in the latest build. Um, is okay because the the bar is at the bottom and it's super compact until you tap it and then it expands to show you uh, so you can type in it and give you all the tools and then it snaps back down to the bottom. I don't mind that at all. 
which I, is I think that's I kind of what, that myself. Kind yeah. of what I wanted in the first place. Um, it's more convenient than trying to stretch up to the top to to select the yeah, taskbar, the, the, the search bar. The only reason that moving it to the bottom at first was a bit jarring is because we spent, you know, 15 years expecting it to be at the top. But the only reason it's at the top on the phone is because it's at the top on a desktop. But it makes sense yeah. on a desktop to be at the top. I, um, I would like to see them make uh, like, uh, Safari on iOS, uh, iPhone and iPad the same because there's no consistency between the two. I, as I say, I wouldn't know. What I do know is if you turn your iPhone sideways, you get mm. a layout which looks much more like an iPad with the tab mm-hmm. bar at the top and whatnot. Um, but basically, they've just moved a load of stuff which they, they sort of put started putting them in weird places, like um, whether or not you had a single bar or a double bar was in view, you know, um, separate tab bar, yes, no. Now it's, it's moved to where it ought to be in the... Um, in the preferences, mm. um, you know, so there you go. It's getting there. It's getting there. I don't, I mean, the first build on the iPhone was atrocious. It was mm. horrible. Um, and the first build that I had on the Mac was only bearable. Um, uh, I, I think it was, it was either beta five or beta four. I, I spent feedback to him and says, please give us back the, the old Safari. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was so terrible. It's, but, uh, it, it's better it, it's better now. Yeah, it's you know, it's slightly different, but now they've even added that I'll sort of pretty much put it back to how it was, which mm. um I, switch, I switched off the colour though. Oh yeah, God, yeah. yeah. Switched that off. Didn't like that. And that weirdly I think hides in advanced for some reason. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh I, I don't mind it changing colour so much. That doesn't bother me particularly. I'm just looking at it now at the uh, the latest um Safari you know, um, they've, they've definitely changed the. Um, so now the tab layout is now on the on the Mac is in the in the tabs preferences. Um, so in separate or compact, um, and on the iPhone, um, I think I think the color is still hiding. Yeah, show color in tab bar on the on the Mac is still hiding in advanced. I've no idea why it's hiding in advanced. And also the other thing they've done is they've drastically um, ramped up the contrast between the active tab and the other ones. The other ones are now only a fraction darker than the um, than the window chrome when they're while not active. And the active one is sort of got like about forty percent black in it, so you can tell which one's active much more. Yeah, it, it was is, it, oh, was it was it bad before? It, yeah, I can see that. It's 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 much greyer. Yeah, earlier on, the difference that the the non-active ones were darker than they are now, and the active one wasn't as dark as it was now. So the difference between right. them was not particularly um, great. So they, that make, that and makes people sense now. people were it's actually easy. Yeah, people were screaming, saying, "I want now. I want to see which one is bloody active." Because if you've got a lot of tabs open, I want to be able to see what's going on. <laughs> yes. Which one is actually active? I need to know. Um, and that's I've true. The more s- tabs you get open, the more it matters. Yeah, I've got open now. I've got, eight, I've got seven tabs open now. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that and the other, right. I think the other thing they did was automatically automatically hide the name of the tab so that that makes them go down to the like pictures only. But I turned that off so that you can the tabs show the name of the site you're on. Yes. Which is, you know, 
old school, mm. as it were. But uh, you know, yeah, it's get. I mean, the Mac one was probably the least bad of the versions, right? And they've improved it yeah. considerably because they've put most of the things back. So you know, the reload bar and show the reader bar and show the share button and all those things. Those have all pretty much gone back to where they were. Um, Yes, I didn't think it looked that different, really, apart from the coloured tabs. No, it, it, but in the initial builds, they did the same thing as they did on iOS, where all the things like the share button and the reader button and the reload were all hidden under an ellipsis, which was a oh, bit like, right. no, you like why? why? Why are you doing that? I mean... Well, particularly if, particularly if it's one of those that you use a lot. Oh, yeah, the share I mean, button. You... Share button. I use share yeah, buttons don't... all the time. And, um, yeah, you don't want to... And there wasn't really the any, there wasn't really any need on the desktop. Why, why are you doing that? You're making it the same as iOS. On iOS, you can at least justify it by saying we're trying to, you know, optimize space. Optimize yeah. space. I mean, the way they've got it on the phone now, I don't mind because the 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 buttons that you want pop up if you tap the if you tap the bar. So. Um, Whereas before they were behind an ellipsis and then they started having one or two of them in the bar, but some not. And it's like, just put it back how it was. Yeah. If there's, if there's something else I could change, and I know it's a really silly little thing, but the sound of the bin. What was wrong with the scrumply bit of paper? Oh, the one, yeah. I, I really hate, it's, it, the, the current sound sounds like someone slamming a door in the background. I mean, it, it doesn't sound like a bin at all. <laughs> It just sort of... So I wish they, I wish there was a way of setting that back to be the scrumply piece of paper. Well, the one I, the sound I've got is more like a crumply piece of paper, but not as good as the old one. I don't know what. Right. I'm probably on a. I am. Although uh, because I'm in the beta, I don't think I've had a beta since the Monterey beta came out. But my my Big Sur beta is. It's not very loud, but it's not the donk. That it was at one point, it was a kind of donk sound, which was like hardly any different from the thing going in the bin. And the sound of stuff going in the bin, I don't mind so much because it's like throwing a balled up piece of paper into a metal bin. But yeah, the the emptying sound at one point was shockingly poor. It was like, what's that? And you might as well have just gone doo doo, you know. <laughs> at least it's no cold bin and not trash. Well, yeah. Once, once upon a time, for those of us who are very old Mac users, way back in sort of system six and seven, it was called the Wasty Basket, even though the it was what? a trash. No, waste basket. That's right. There, there, oh. there, there's a bit of a thing. There used to be a, a widget called Talking Moose, and um, mm. when you did things, he would pop up and say things. And we used to have this thing where you made him sound a bit like Arnie, and then he would go empty Wasty Basket. Because it sounds a bit like the old paperclip and the Microsoft. Yeah, well, that was the, the, the talking moose. Look it up. Look up the talking moose, and you'll find it. But um, right. back in those days, the the icon was a trash, you know, a trash can, but it was called the waste basket. Um, then they started calling well, it, it trash. It everywhere. looked like a basket. Oh no, yeah. no! Back in System Six, it looked like a trash can. Oh right, it looked okay. like a dustbin. Um, yes, yeah. You could also get a widget called. Take your time in the disk drive just for fun. That's it. It's that's. If Bartlett moves, I'll never speak to you again. <laughs> I wish <laughs> I had a brain. Yeah, it used to. Be. I lost my youthful innocence. <laughs> Smile if I turn you on. <laughs> Where is the moose food? It used to be mm. one of the things he would say. It was an utterly pointless widget. Um, there you go. Days of old, like the eyeballs that lived in the menu bar and would follow your pointer around. 
Oh yes, I can remember those. And the and the duck. I'm not sure whether it was on the on the on the Mac, but the shooting the duck was something on the PC that was was very popular at some point. Yeah. Or was that on my risk PC? Oh, that might have been my risk PC. And it would swim along the dock at the bottom. Right. And you, <laughs> and you could shoot it with your pointer. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Right, well I better go because I'm gonna have to put the dinner on. <laughs>